Welcome to Chalk and Truth, the podcast that brings together conservative pastor Brian Clark and famous comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. I hope this ain't going to be a disaster. Oh boy, here we go. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life. Now let's join Brian for today's look at God's Word, followed by conversation and a little fun with Brian, Dan, and today's guest, Pastor Nat Crawford. Now, here's Brian. When we choose to believe God tells the truth and trust Him, we make good choices. But when we are controlled by our fears and doubts, We often make poor choices. Either way, our choices matter, and sometimes the consequences of those choices, both good and bad, will be experienced for years to come. Abraham and Sarah have been learning more and more what it means to trust God and to walk by faith. They have made some good choices and some bad choices. But finally, we get to Genesis 21 and the birth of the long-awaited son. You would think after all the buildup to this moment, the writer would spend an entire chapter on the birth of the promised son, but he doesn't. To be specific, he limits the discussion to two verses. To be clear, the writer spends more time explaining what's for dinner in chapter 18 than on the details of the birth of this promised boy in chapter 21. So why is that? I think the reason is evident in the wording of the two verses. Basically, the verses state that God made a promise to Abraham and Sarah, and when it was time, he kept his promise, and Sarah had a son. Done deal. The idea is promise made, promise kept. No big surprise here. Let's move on. Think about how much anguish Abraham and Sarah could have saved themselves if they had just trusted God would keep his promise? How many poor choices could have been avoided if they had just remembered that when God makes a promise, it's as good as done? Obviously, in the moment, it's not so easy to trust God. But often looking back, it's easier to see how God has been faithful all along. Remembering his faithfulness helps us to trust him the next time around. Abraham names his son Isaac as commanded by God. The name Isaac means laughter. Every time Abraham or Sarah would call Isaac's name, they would be reminded of God's faithfulness, even when the thought of having a child in their old age seemed laughable. I would call this the reward of faith, and it's beautiful. The text tells us that a few years later, Ishmael, now around 16 years of age, was mocking or tormenting his little brother Isaac, who would have been around three. No doubt both Ishmael and his mother Hagar were struggling now with Abraham's attention on his new son Isaac. It was more and more evident this living arrangement was not going to work. Sarah informs Abraham of what is happening and tells him that Hagar and Ishmael must go. Literally, she says, the son of this maid shall not be an heir with my son, Isaac. Abraham was distressed by Sarah's comments. But God told Abraham to listen to Sarah because she was right. So what did God mean by that? There are several occasions where the text seems to hint that Abraham hoped 
both his sons could be part of the promise. Abraham made a serious mistake in fathering a child through Hagar. But now he hoped God would make an exception and let both boys inherit the promise. Sarah knew this. Ishmael was the son Abraham produced in his flesh. It was a man-made effort. God wanted everyone to know the promised son was a miracle from him. That was the whole point of making Abraham and Sarah wait until their old age to have Isaac. The promised son was a work of the Spirit of God. The promise would not come through both human effort, meaning good works, and faith, but by faith alone. In the New Testament, Paul tells us that Ishmael came through human effort, meaning the flesh, but Isaac came by the Spirit of God, meaning faith. In the same way, religion today is about human effort and good works, but true salvation comes only by the Spirit of God through faith. In other words, salvation is by faith, not by works. Abraham had doubted God and in his flesh produced Ishmael through Hagar. He created his own problem, and now he had to face it. Choices have consequences. God isn't going to change the plan just to accommodate Abraham's mistakes. The text tells us that Hagar and Ishmael moved away. But God took very good care of them. Ishmael would be the father of a great nation. God would not forget or abandon Hagar and Ishmael, but Isaac was the son of the promise. As far as we know, Abraham never again saw Hagar or Ishmael. We see Ishmael one more time when he returns for Abraham's funeral. This story reminds us that there are great rewards for believing God and trusting him by faith. But there are also real consequences to our choices when we fail to trust God and we do things our own way. Yet either way, God is faithful if we are willing to trust him. We can't change the past, but we can trust God with the decisions we make by faith today. So let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this. Guys, we see this all the time. God is gracious and forgiving, but that doesn't mean our choices don't have consequences. Well, that's what basically the whole Old Testament is about, choices, and just a blueprint of the mistakes people made and us not to fall into those traps. This is just another reminder that you choose two paths and one ends up that way, the other one ends up that way. You know, sometimes we make choices, and there's consequences, but they come and go, and we move on. But other times, it's not quite that simple, and there's reminders that go for years of choices we've made, and it's really good to remind ourselves. That doesn't mean God hasn't forgiven us. doesn't right. mean God isn't for us, Absolutely. and God can still turn bad choices into something beautiful if we're willing to trust him. I think it's nice that Ishmael went to the funeral. Right. He was a nice, seemed like a nice kid. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean. Yeah, I mean, clearly this is not, the, the whole story is not the way God would have written it. But he allows us to make choices regardless of the outcomes. But even in the midst of our mess, God can redeem it. And I think we see that in Abraham's story. And I do think 
it's not by chance or just a, a footnote that we know that God took care of Hagar and Ishmael. I think that's a good point, even in spite of this tragic, I think, ending to them going away. It's not, that's not the ideal. That's not what we would want to see happen. But it is a consequence of those, of those actions, and yet God was still faithful. And I think that's an important reminder for us that sometimes God's faithfulness and how we would want to see the story turn out isn't the way that God will do it. His way is best. And we have to trust. It is part of that trust process, knowing that, okay, this isn't the way I would write it, but yet God works it out for good time and time again. That's not easy sometimes when we're still seeing the effects of our sin. So it's interesting that in Galatians, Paul taps into this story as a picture Hmm. of the difference between faith and works. And uh, what Paul's addressing in Galatians is kind of what Abraham wanted. Can't this be both? Mm-hmm. Can't both boys be sons of the promise? And that's what Paul talks about in Galatians, uh, is that desire that this is both by faith by and by works. Yep. Because I want to take some credit mm. for my own salvation. Mm-hmm. And Paul's making the point that goes all the way back to this chapter in Genesis. It doesn't work that way. It's faith by the Spirit of God. It's not by works. He goes so far as to say, if you're going to do it by works of the law, then you have to keep the whole law. Right. You have to be perfect. Yeah. And we can't do it. Hmm. It's hard to do good works when you hate people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. I love people. But I'll be honest with you. Some people, you know, it's like, no, I'm not going to help you move the couch. You're a jerk. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Is that why you said no? It's hard to love people. And that has nothing to do with this conversation. But I think the cool thing is here is where you said the writer just kind of like it was no big deal. She had the baby. Let's talk about what they had to eat. And it was like the writer's saying, yeah, hey, right there is just letting you know, well, God said it, so it's it's not, there's really nothing to write about it. So God said it, we knew it was going to happen. So, which is awesome because you can count on God's, for whatever promises God has made in this Bible, you can count on it. You can, it's solid, mm-hmm. it's golden. So, you know, there's not, you don't have to spend a lot of time on, gee, I wonder if he's going to do, he's going to do it. So every promise in there is solid. It's going to happen. You know, that's pretty yeah, I think, neat. I think, you know, a promise is only as good as the person's ability to, to keep, keep it. Promise. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, years ago when I was living in Chicago, I worked for a guy that owned a music studio, and I was like a maintenance man at a loft. So I'm a student. I'm living in a boy's dorm, and this loft was really cool. Hmm. And it's where they take clients when they weren't in the studio. And he actually said, if you want to have a party, I'll give you the law for an entire evening. So I'm kind of the hero in the dorm inviting <laughs> all these people to this party. And it was going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The problem is when I went home on spring break, he died. <laughs> and when I went back, they were like, I don't know who you are and get lost. Uh, kid. Uh. So no parties. Mm-hmm. So it's like the promise was sincere, right? But, he but the promise it. is only as good as the person making the promise, yeah. right? And when God makes a promise, God has the power, the capacity to fulfill the promise. Mm-hmm. 
And I think people struggle with that who have had promises made that have been broken. Yeah. Right. So they get kind of jaded, and God's like everybody else. He's not going to keep his promise. Hmm. And, and I think for some people, it's really hard to trust God because they've trusted people and they've been wounded by people. Right. Yeah, God's not our earthly father. He's not our earthly parent, friend, whatever. He, he is God. And that's why one of the reasons why I'm thankful we have the Bible. It is a testimony. It, it is the consistent proof of his faithfulness. And I've seen it in my life. I know you guys have seen it in your lives. And what a powerful tool that is for when we're given the opportunity to talk to people who are struggling, who do find themselves in a world that they've made a mess of it and they don't know what to do. We have the ability to scatter some seeds of hope and to point them back to the Bible, to point them back to stories like this, but also be able to point them back to the stories in our own lives of the everyday way that God has been faithful. It happens all the time. The question is, will we be willing to share it? You know, one of the ways I define faith is the belief that God tells the truth. Hmm. It, it's looking at what God has said, what God has promised, and you wrestle with either that's true or it's not. Does mm-hmm. God tell the truth? Right. Well, he created the entire universe. I it's not like he's going, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> you know, He's not going to forget about anything. These are just great stories. I remember at one point in my life when I was just a kid, it's like, eh, who cares about the Old Testament? We're in the New Testament now, you know? It's like, no, the Old Testament is such an amazing bunch of stories. Mm. It's so important, but... You get so many good blueprints for how to operate your life just by reading the stories of all these people that have came before us. Gives you a lot of hope. Like I said before, just let you know that even the heroes were flawed individuals, just like you, just like me, and stayed faithful till the end. And, you know, now you got these awesome stories. So don't ever give up. Stay in your Bible. Stay engaged, learn these stories, and be encouraged by people that have come before us and written down and kept the diary of it. That's what it's for. Thanks for listening to Talk and Truth. To hear Brian's complete sermon message on today's topic, visit talkintruth.com. That's talk, letter N, truth.com. 